competing in. We are repeating in. We are believing in. It's time for us to shift our mind from best in the world to best for the world. Make decisions intentional. To take decisions intentional. Making decisions intentional. It's time for Fideb. My name is uh, Stella Nordahl. I'm uh, here tonight uh, together with my uh, friend and colleague, uh, Mr. Jens Rinelt. FIDE is um, short for Foundation for Intentional Decisions, but you found out yesterday it also meant something. Wasn't that right? Yeah, FIDE also means in Latin to trust. Um, and trust is, I would say, one of the fundamental... Um, aspects that we need in the new paradigm that we need for co-creation that we need for for collaboration that we need uh, in in a way in in believing in ourselves in 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 doing things that we have never done before and and having the courage not only the courage to to try out new ways of of working of living of of relating um, to other people to the planet earth but also, um, yeah, trusting that this will give me something. That it, that that by me giving my attention, um, I'm already, um, yeah, mm. trusting, mm. trusting the process, trusting, yeah, um, whatever wants to emerge. Whatever wants to emerge, that's right. And I guess it's uh, a way of thinking ecosystem instead of ecosystem. Uh, so FIDE is um, designed to be a, a, a space for, for eco, the ecosystem best for the world. And um, we are glad that there are so many people that have been watching and and interacting and so on of course all the co-creators during this weekend but also uh, all of you who are listening to the web radio at bestforthe.world or if you're uh, watching the youtube stream best for the world and um, we also want to thank all the people that are supporting us and um, please continue to do so because it's uh, yeah it's uh, takes some resources to broadcast uh, four days and four nights in a row so please support us on patreon um, best for the world so that's a little bit about everything around us now we're going to dig deep today but first of all i want to recall what we did yesterday you and i when we were uh, in this setup uh, we had um, an int- very interesting i would say exploration of 
maybe we can call it history of ideas mm-hmm. concerning choice or whatever it was because it was uh, formalized in I can actually show the the board we were using uh, yesterday here it is if you the ones of you who were with us then uh, you remember that we talked about the liner model uh, and, and for those who are, are new in, in this stream um, and this is the first occasion you see this it's a yeah it's more or less an ordinary Western world worldview where we have um, a physical pole and a mental pole and they are separated so we <clears throat> we believe in this worldview that uh, there is an outer objective world which we, is the one that we can measure and uh, we then have some kind of an inner subjective world um, that is experienced only and uh, it's not measurable so that is all steaming from uh, a, a thought a man had in th- 300 years ago man called René Descartes, saying that uh, the only thing I, I really can trust is, the, is that I'm th- thinking. So I think, therefore I am, and which means that uh, he, it gave rise to this duality, the, the Descartesian re- uh, duality. And uh, separating the inner and outer world made, uh, I would say, at that point, maybe not a problem, but it became a problem as the industrialization came along and the machine was so efficient in the in the outer world, the measurable world. You could measure, but you could also uh, make it efficient. So um, uh, going back to this, uh, uh, this picture from yesterday, there is a green line going uh, vertical between thoughts and behavior. So on the left, on the mental pole side, we have beliefs and then we have thoughts. And then comes this distinct green line and then we have behavior and then the actions where we interact in the physical pole. And this separation then in this liner model um, made the machine efficient. So the efficient machine was on the physical side of of this um, liner model. Uh, saying more or less that the so-called inner world was, I wouldn't say useless, but not of much value. (laughs) So we concluded yesterday that we have behavioral science on the universities, but there is no fantasy science. And uh, then there was also, um, we ended up later on by uh, having... um, an alternative definition of the inner and outer world, where the inner was the dynamic uh, and the outer was the static. And then you uh, realized, Jens, or um, I was drawing it and, and you you uh, held out uh, the other green line. Maybe you could say something about the, the other green line and I can show it on, on uh, where, where what I mean. Yeah, so the other green line represents basically a division... Uh, between in 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 the beliefs in the thoughts and in the behaviors so what it means is then uh, that beliefs can be dynamic at some point and at some point they can also be uh, specific thoughts can also be dynamic um, 
and they can be specific at some point. So the example we had for that yesterday was um, uh, if you think about innovation processes, for example, you have a lot of idea creation. Um, so that is the dynamic side of thoughts. And then at some point you decide for one specific design criteria and that makes the dynamic thought specific. Thank you very much for that explanation. So what we're going to do today is that we're going to turn page. So uh, while I'm turning page, we, um, maybe you can give me some instructions in, in, in a non-liner model and we can uh, elaborate on that together. So... Um, uh, I will very soon now uh, turn this page from this liner model. But before we do it, I would say that the, the last green line that we were talking about um, between a new definition of an inner and outer world, the, the dynamic and the static, it could be the bridge to what we're now going to experience as we turn page. Yeah, and... and Maybe we have really listened to uh, Mother Earth because she has given us a symbol, a metaphor basically, that is naturalistic. Um, so we're moving away from a mechanistic worldview, a mechanistic metaphor of describing the functions and the roles and uh, how 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 we replace specific parts of an engine. If you think about an organization, for example, we replace just one person by the other um, as, as it would seem like we are replacing one part uh, through another, maybe more efficient part. Mm. Yeah, and um, this beautiful drawing of mine, it's supposed to be a tree. And when you look at a tree and when you start drawing a tree, I've, I've been doing this exercise with so many people the last 10 years, maybe not 10 years, but maybe 7 years, I guess. Um, that was when I came in, in uh, contact with this um, model. It's uh, called ACOL, all coordinates, all levels, for those of you who want to dig, 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 dig deeper into it. Uh, but since I started to ask people, please draw a tree. First of all, there are a lot of people who are like, oh, I don't I don't know how to draw a tree, and and uh, I don't, I, I can't draw, and so on. And then, then my explanation to that, that first, um, yeah, what should I say? It hinder uh, in in drawing a tree is that we we stopped drawing uh, when we were five, <laughs> so that is why. But this is not a. Um, um, this is not to, to draw the nicest tree. It's more like to get the concept of it. And what happens then is that uh, what people draw is the what they see. And what you see from a tree is the, the crown, of course, and the stem. And then it's not visible any longer. So that's the, I would say, 85% maybe. I don't know exactly, but almost everyone draws a tree where you can only see what you can see. So um, uh, I, I can show it on on the on on the board if you if you talk a little bit about it we can we can explore this model together so uh, uh, I will I will draw some uh, some uh, more lines. <coughs> so. Um, 
Yeah, what the Stellan is basically drawing right now is the application of the Equal model in, um, yeah, <laughs> how can I say, categorizing the tree in, in into four aspects. Um, on the left side, the person or the individual, uh, let's say the personal level, and on 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 the right side, the organizational or collective uh, level. Yeah, and and when people draw this tree, they only draw uh, the upper parts of it. So we can call that structure. And when they have drawn this um, first part of the tree without realizing that there are more, I ask, how big is a tree? How big is a tree? And for those of you who have experienced many trees, you you realize that it, it's uh, it's varying. It's varying from tree to tree. There are a lot of uh, things uh, that it can depend upon. How old is this tree? Um, what type of tree is it? What kind of soil? And then you realize, soil, oh no. This is just the upper parts of it. And if you ever replanted a tree or taken a tree up with its roots, you realize it is as big beneath um, the earth's surface that is that it is above at least uh, twice the size that they have been drawing. And uh, that experience that you get in that very moment is that you realize that it's not only the structure, it's also something else. We can call it culture. So um, while I'm drawing the, uh, that, uh, we will also explore it together, uh, what is what in this model. So um, um, yeah, Jens, you will help out here. So yeah, the the part, the roots of the trees, which are basically not seen if if you look at the tree from uh, an eye level perspective, um, then <laughs> then uh, yeah, you you're. First of all, missing half of the picture, like Stellan said, and um, help me. What what are you what trying, I'm to, trying say? to say? Yeah, <laughs> this is. Uh, I mean, this relates to everything that we have been taught. This relates, for instance, to the school system. You know, uh, we um, we go to to school. We have uh, two hours of maths and one hour of English, and we divide uh, everything. All the knowledge is divided into to subjects, parts. Um, in, in the academia, uh, we have like, um, what do you call it, uh, faculties. And uh, it all ends up in competencies. So uh, on a personal level, we have the competence. We, we, uh, we measure people in, in CVs. So we can write CV, is that okay? And the CV is not only summarizing up uh, all the competencies, it's also what has been done. But it doesn't say anything of, what do you want to do? It doesn't say anything of that. It also doesn't say how good you are actually in, in what you're doing. No, uh, but it, no, no. <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, I didn't, I haven't thought of that, but that's interesting. <laughs> Very interesting, okay. I mean, it just says that you have done a certain activity for a certain amount of mm. time. Yeah, that's right. But it all very often ends up in in, um, in roles or functions. We can write that. 
So what we see now is the upper left of this uh, model. Uh, we have the competencies, the CVs, the roles, and functions. And on the right-hand side of, of, of it, on the upper level, we, on the organizational structural level, we have uh, financial um, results. You also have uh, organizational organigrams. Organic. Organigrams, which is trying to, to describe the organizational system. Okay. And take us. <laughs> trying to, to, to make a snapshot of uh, which is the typical pyramid view of uh, one person at the top. And a lot of people working at the yeah moment. yeah okay so yeah the organizational charts mm. exactly I, I wrote schemes but charts okay I I rewrite it <laughs> and um, then we have I mean we even when we have for instance someone who is uh, quitting the job of some reason i don't know why it could be any anything we uh, we look for someone to replace them uh, and we look at the competencies we don't we don't look at who is who is saying hello in the morning maybe we should i don't know but that's not the part of the cv uh, at least not up until now and uh, then we have the culture and uh, down there we find um, words as uh, core values another word shared vision do you have more words on this level attitudes maybe attitudes yeah we can write that. Um, hmm. I'm, I was thinking of, of uh, work climate, like a yeah. like a feeling of of like how how does our culture feel like? That was what I was looking for. And then on the left hand side, on the personal level, uh, beneath the surface, we have words as uh, personal values, for instance. Another word that we have been exploring today, you you, <laughs> you summarized it so well earlier tonight here when the, during the Earth Hour. How interesting you said uh, that we have uh, more or less dedicated a whole day to leadership without even thinking of it up until afterwards. So um, why not writing leadership? I think what I was referring to was uh, the intuitive way of, of making sense mm -hmm. of the word. Um, and there are yeah, also different ways of how you can make sense with your body, with your mind. 
and with your intuition. Yeah, those are, of course, just examples. Uh, what is interesting in this uh, model is, first of all, that what we have just realized that um, not only what you see exists, there is more than what you see. And uh, some people that I meet, they say, okay, so this is like the iceberg. No, I said, I say then, because the iceberg is cold and it's <laughs> huge and um, it's not alive. So this is an, uh, an organism that is alive. So there is a lot of life. And, and let's see where the life is. First of all, when, when working with organizations and, and, and uh, people and so on, you realize that a lot of organizations, we talked earlier today on, uh, on this uh, uh, listening to the Pulse of an Organization program. Uh, I recommend it to you if, if you haven't heard it yet, uh, how things are connected yeah. So how they are congruent or not congruent? I would say first congruence. There is a, a big congruence here. I, I can write that. So the first congruence is between the personal and the organization or the, the personal and the collective. Um, that basically describes, I guess, the... the, the how well do you fit in into a group of people by whatever yeah, standards you yeah, measure this? <laughs> yeah, definitely, and on a competence level then. Mm -hmm. So if you're, um, for instance, um, I don't know, but if you're, uh, uh, let's say, you are a physician and I'm a mathematician or whatever it is, we can't have two of a kind. No, no, no. So we have to have different competences, right? Different skills. Okay, so this is more or less this arrow. And if it's congruent, it exists, that the arrow itself. And if it's not congruent, uh, it's very thin or um, not related to each other. But most of organizations that I've been working with uh, the latest 10 to 12 years are very often having, they have worked on this congruence. They're really good at it, I would say. And it, it's also not wrong to work on it. Uh, no, definitely that's not. That's not what we're trying to say here. It, I think what we are trying to hint at is that there is more than only this one level. Um, because if whatever role you want to fill in an organization, you also need competence. You also need to look for, for a match on skills. But maybe that's not the only or the most important uh, part to look for. So what we are trying to say is that, that there are more dimensions uh, to it. Yeah, and uh, what I drawn here was the, the next possible congruence, and that is on the organizational uh, side between what you say and what you do. So if the culture is what we say and the structure is what we do as an organization, uh, that's that arrow, the second arrow here. And uh, if it's congruent, it's thick, and then it works well. What you say and what you do is is interconnected. Uh, but if you say one thing and you do another, then it's very thin. So, and I think that is what most of the uh, organizations nowadays kind of struggle with, because the relationship uh, between it is 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 uh, so quickly evolving that that you can never. And this is the the kind of meme about organizational charts is that they are never 
you know once at the moment you draw it it is basically already too late so it doesn't capture the re in real time the the relationship between what we see uh, and what we say we are doing and what we are actually doing hmm. yes so um the next area we're going to draw is uh, it's it resembles a little bit about the first one but this is on on what you don't see how do personal values match with values of the organization or the society you're you're in yeah that's right um and what happens here is that as we don't see it we don't we can't value it right or at least it's not measurable so we have no measures basically on this and if we try to measure it we probably end up in in measuring it in the wrong way and getting externalities from it i don't know but here i see um that we can call it a problem uh, it's not that you don't do those two things you send people on on leadership courses and leadership programs or development programs and they uh, go away for um, i don't know a time period of days weeks even months so, and, and there are also some big programs for over a year and so on but most programs maybe um, in a week or something like that and when you come back um, you face an organization which haven't got the insights that you got and uh, maybe not even the will to to change so, so it's what you're saying here is that the most training programs are actually creating more dissonance no than... no not actually not actually but it brings it up into the air hmm. it puts the fish on the table or whatever you call it so i mean it's there already it's uh, it's not like that you create your personal values when you go to a leadership program. It's more or less that you explore them. So uh, I wouldn't say it, it creates the dissonance, but it maybe puts the finger on it. Mm. Makes it more obvious, yeah. Mm. So what happens here then is that when you send someone on a program, they want to emphasize something and they want to create some insights, but maybe it's not the insights that you need. So maybe you should have a bigger, bigger congruence in in um, in the organizational country, uh, culture and the and the leadership programs or the development programs and personal development that you're sending your your employees or or people on, yeah. I I don't know exactly how to solve this, but it's interesting. This this is what I was thinking of: is <clears throat> if you send people to leadership trainings, you put them out of the context, try to learn or teach them a, a specific competence, and then try to put them back into the system basically and and uh this is where i feel like there is more incongruence than than there was before mm. or it, it makes it more obvious um so yeah. one way of looking at this could be to work actually with the system with the organization or uh, you know together individual and uh yeah the team level for mm. example hand in hand so have uh... yeah, yeah, I do agree, uh, and and then what we're talking about is uh, when you go away, you do what you probably uh, in mo in many cases I, I've been uh, I've been um, hosting a, I don't know how many 
leadership programs and development programs and, and uh, entrepreneur programs and uh, yeah, whatever it's called. Um, and all of them, I mean, it, it serves a purpose there. But very often it's the first time a person reveals to him or herself the inner thoughts or the, they express things that they haven't expressed yet. I, I can draw that uh, arrow. This is an arrow we haven't practiced much. It's not part of the school system. Maybe today it's a little bit more uh, than it was when I was in school, but I would say asking someone not only what do you want to do, um, uh, what, what work do you want to do for a living, it's more what life do you want to live? What dreams do you have? What is uh, What would you say is your purpose? What do you value? What kind of things is important to value? The dreams you have, how do you dream them? Do you dream them as lucid dreams? You know, lucid dream is when you're really um, there. You're experiencing something. Or you do dream them as something you put away and say, it's just a dream. So um, that fourth arrow, it's not valued at all, I would say. So it's time to value it now. It's really time to value it. This is perhaps why people get afraid because they don't know what's beneath the surface. <laughs> and when things get rough, you, you have nothing to relate to. And you can't relate to an organization if you can't relate to yourself. And actually you're, you're on a, a, what do you call it, sloping plane? No, we call it steeping plane. No. You don't have any fixed points. If you don't, if you haven't got this, you haven't got any fixed points actually. So it's maybe it's a little rough to say it, but without that arrow, without the connection on the structure on a personal level and the culture on a personal level, yeah, you're when you're faced with problems or uh, whatever it could be, uh, it's it's. Uh, it's very hard. And it, it really also leads to being stuck in, for example, a function or role because, yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't see actually a different role or you have no way of, of, how can I say it, experiencing how do I feel about this role, how do I feel about fill, filling a specific role and then thinking like you said or experiencing or dreaming up a, a different so i mean it, if if i see it as a going back and forth between okay what do i actually do and and how do i feel about it and if i don't feel uh this is giving me energy this is not mm. in 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 the direction of my purpose doesn't give me any meaning then i can choose a different direction and basically fill a different role yeah but if i don't have this below the surface level mm. then I, I'm, I'm basically switching roles so I'm, I may be trying to f change something but I will never really understand what am I actually looking for and then how can I then expect to find a fulfilling role yeah it's the same with organizations I mean I don't know how many organizations that I've met during those years that are um, 
they get, get a new CEO and they change the structure. I mean, that could be right to do, of course. It's it's not that it's always wrong. Um, and it doesn't say anything about right or wrong. It's more or le- less that, okay, what structure supports the culture we want to have or have? And um, uh, what is happening in, in this... Um, is this tree metaphor? If 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 the congruences are are there, what is really happening is that it, what we say and what we do is congruent. And I, I would draw that uh, as the main uh, arrow. It really reminds me of uh, integrity especially when you draw it like this, like a backbone of, of the tree. Um, being, as, as you said, integer to what you say yeah. and do. It's called a hardwood in, 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 in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I've experienced, no, I explored this uh, tree metaphor a lot. So, so it's very good to have the tree metaphor, not only to be able to talk about the, those various words and so on it's also because the tree metaphor in itself gives rise to a whole new language of talking about life for instance uh, what, what in what soil are we uh, planting this tree or having this tree and um, when we focus on something we actually uh, give it uh, energy or uh, what do you call it um, you're giving it mm. in Swedish we say nahring. I don't really know the word uh, nutrition I nutrition guess. yeah so what what we when we when we give it nutrition it, it grows and um, it bears fruits and so on and the fruits are the results that's easy to see the fruits are the results you can even use the term low hanging fruits <laughs> so we have words going in this direction already so if we use more of those words we find that if you have a, a very small root system and it gets windy and it gets rough it's very easy to fall off so um, and i think that's what we are mm. seeing right now in 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 times of uh, coronavirus in times of uh, chaos is is exactly what is happening that that the observable parts of, of a person of an organization gets shaken the tree basically gets shaken in the crown, crown and as you said because they are not a, as deeply rooted the tree falls or the tree mm-hmm. uh, is, is blown away but if you have really strong roots then the storm can be as, as strong as it wants to be it doesn't really bother you because you are strongly rooted mm. Yeah, um, I agree on that. Um, I have another uh, example yeah. because uh, you have put the financial results uh, in the top organizational part, mm-hmm. um, and then if you com- use the language of the tree, is it is basically the the apples, let's yeah, say yeah, the that, fruits, mm-hmm. the fruits that you're trying to earn. But what do you do in order to grow fruits? You don't do. How do you make apples grow bigger? you tell them <laughs> no i don't know <laughs> yeah it's i mean you're you're feeding the roots right yeah, definitely i was you're just giving, kidding <laughs> you're gi- planting the tree in in a nutritious soil it's not that you're trying to uh, 
I, I can't even describe it, but you know, you, you're not pulling on the on on the apples so that it grows bigger, but you're feeding the soil. Try to threaten them. Yeah, <laughs> scream at them maybe. Yeah, maybe they grow faster. Yeah, grow faster. <laughs> Stupid apples. So basically what you're doing is you're feeding the soil, you're nourishing the roots, and thereby nourishing you're giving... Nourishing was the word I was looking for. Thanks. Mm. Giving more energy, mm. and that leads to more bigger fruits in the end. Mm. Um, so now we have a, a, another way of describing um, the, what shall I say, uh, a system. Uh, instead of separating it, because the tree itself doesn't, it doesn't. What shall I say? This this sounds a little bit odd, but for instance, if if we cut the cut the the tree in um, in surface level, for instance, uh, here, here, the tree doesn't say, "Oh no, you cut away my crown on my stem, now I die," or "You cut cut away my root on the root system, now I die." It will die. So it's not that you separate one thing from the other or the other from the one. You can't. You can't separate. Mm. So the tree is always whole. It has to be whole. It has to have all those, yeah, various functions that are in this tree. It needs the competence. It needs the the budgets. It needs the the values uh, and the visions and then the leadership and so on. Uh, it it can't be. It can't be separated from itself. No, and uh, I'm I'm thinking here of how is this more systemic view, more holistic view, differing from from a linear model, uh, from from silo thinking. Mm. Um, because what we sa just said is, if you want to focus on financial results again as an example, you can't only focus on the uh, financial results in itself. You also have to take no, into you, consideration yeah. everything else. Yeah, and maybe you couldn't even focus on, on the uh, results. Maybe you should focus on something else than the results to get the results. Mm -hmm. It could be that way. So, yeah, that's interesting. And and uh, what is also happening here, you asked me, uh, okay, so how does this correspond to, to a liner model? Um, first of all, it does. You know, yesterday day we, we talked about the dynamic and the static, and so there is a dynamic side of it and a static side of it. But you can also relate to um, an, uh, a language we have been given uh, quite recently by Simon Sinek. So um, if the crown is the what level, for instance? It's the things that we can see, it's the the results that we create, it's the, again, most concrete, maybe the most physical aspect. Definitely. And then um, just below the what's, uh, you find the stem, the house. Yeah, and so how do we organize our functions? Uh, and and I always thought about when I, when I thought saw the the definition of Simon Sinek is like the how level for me always had two aspects and the one is the functional part of how do different functions relate to each other but the other one is the values part how 
what do we value as an organization mm. and this is where, where we're coming down into the roots you know there is if you look at a tree from 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 the above surface uh, level <laughs> as most uh, most of us do uh, it's very hard to, to look in the soil actually uh, but then you see how the roots are formed a lot of three if you go outside in the woods you will probably see those uh, um, big almost like arms going down into the the soil and that is probably what you're talking about here the the um, yeah, the connection to the values, and and then we move down to the, the beginning of the roots. We can call them the why. And this is the language you are that you're referring to. That uh, yeah, I think Simon Sinning has been one of the most outspoken persons to to uh, give us this language with the three golden circles yeah. of what, how, and why. Yeah, and uh, he, he gave a, a TED Talk. If you haven't uh, watched any TED Talk, that's the first tip. Uh, go, go into TED.com um, and there are plenty of, uh, they, they call it ideas worth spreading. And uh, in 2006, um, Simon Sinek uh, gave a very famous TED Talk, one of the most watched ever. Uh, it uh, was called How Great Leaders Inspire. And uh, it was also connected to a book he then wrote called Start With Why. So talking about fruits, for instance, uh, if you start by focusing on the what's, you won't get any results. So what Simosenic says is it's not just that you have to describe the why level and, uh, and the how level. You have to start with the why. You have to start with why. And to be able to do that, we, we also see that there is there is actually something that is even deeper than, and that's the whole root system, uh, the whole root system that is um, feeding the whole organism called the tree. So we write roots. So there is some kind of a connection to this previous liner model, uh, but as as any of you realize, that tree isn't liner. We, we talked about it just recently, why if we cut it in, in half, <laughs> it, it will die. And um, the tree metaphor, uh, I will write the name again here uh, for the whole metaphor. And it's, uh, it's uh, I mean, the tree as a metaphor has been used in, in many various uh, thoughts of these systems, religions and so on. And it's uh, very often it's sacred and... and um, uh, and 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 in this in this specific case, it's uh, a guy called Ken Wilber, and and we were talking about uh, Ken Wilber a bit a bit earlier here uh, today, as we were also uh, looking into the fund fundamental ideas on on the listening tool, the spiral dynamics. Mm. And what I find fascinating is that. As you said, there is some, in a way, it's a more complex way. It, it kind of integrates the linear model, but it also says there is more to it. Um, but when we look at the tree, the most, uh, how can I say it, the most physical, the, the strongest or the, the most concrete part 
which we would normally ascribe to to the what level is actually not on the what level. <laughs> yeah, it is actually in the roots mm. because this is where all the life is created from. Mm. So the most concrete is actually in in the most unconcrete. Mm. Yeah, Isn't yeah. that confusing? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very interesting. There, yeah. And we were uh, in the um, uh, previous program here uh, with uh, Marie Appelqvist. We were talking about uh, together with a woman called Agneta Nui by by Holnoy. We talked about uh, uh, Mother Earth, uh, and, and when doing so, we also realized that um, by not valuing. Nyholm. Nyholm, yeah, that's right, thanks. Sorry, Agneta. Um, first time I, I met her, actually, so I hope I'm a little bit And that excused. was on a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> on top of. Yeah, so um, um, when we, what should I say, don't value what is, um, what, you, what is really um, beneath the surface, we don't just because we don't see it, we can't measure it. Um, at the same time, we don't bring the right nutrition or the water or the energy to to this uh, root system. So that's an more or less an uh, an effect by. I mean, a lot of people they they complain about the system and they say, "Oh, the system makes people hit the wall, and the system makes the uh, uh, the planet suffer, and and people suffer, and so on." And I say, "There's no problem with the system; it delivers what it's supposed to deliver." Mm. Uh, so, as long as we build systems that only value um, what can be seen and measured, then there will be a delivery on that. As simple mm. as that. Every system that we create, every system that is created, delivers exactly on what it is designed for. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but what you can realize then is that um, we can change the system. And this is where we go from this model into the next model, if that is okay with you, um, uh, Jens. I'm all up for systems change, so... Uh, <laughs> Okay, so again, shall I, shall I turn the page? Turn the page and uh, show us the next model. Okay, so everyone remember. So what I'm going to draw here is, first of all, uh, a tree. <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> I thought that we had this already on, on the previous slide. But I think what, what you're drawing is, is not one tree, but actually... Yeah, we start with one. <laughs> uh, this is actually, you see, it's, it's a, um, not that big, so it's a little bit, yeah, not, not that high uh, as, as the previous one. The interesting thing with this tree, I was giving it a little bit surface first, of course. Of course. The interesting with this tree is it has only the ability to see crowns. It can see its own crown and other crowns. That means that the only thing that this tree can see is crowns, but it doesn't mean that it hasn't got a stem and a root and a root system. 
it has all of it, but you can't see it. So it's not conscious about stems or roots and root systems. And um, then next to this tree is another tree. And um, let's check that one. It almost looks like the, the tree before. Just almost. But there is something different. What's the difference? <laughs> What's the difference? This is so funny. Uh, uh, once I had a, a teacher in mathematics uh, who was very like uh, an old scholar guy. And uh, he was uh, drawing. I don't know if you have been to a uh, uh, university level math mathematics uh, lecture, but you have uh, plenty of uh, blackboards. Nowadays, it may be whiteboards, but that time it was blackboards, uh, blackburn, <laughs> uh, and and um, plenty of them, nine, twelve, something. And and you, when you have uh, finished one, you 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 push it upwards, and then you have another one. So he could fill those up. And at some level, he was very interesting in many ways because he was facing the blackboard all the time and he wrote from left with his left hand and without turning around to the, to the audience, he, he shifted the, the shulk in his hands and he continued with his right hand writing the evidence or whatever it was, a formula for... for. So he filled them all of one by one and at some point he... He wanted to make a joke, I guess, because then he said, now I want to be more pedagogic, so I'm going to use another color. <laughs> so that is what I've done here. I've used another color. That's pedagogic. Okay. Okay, so th this second tree here is, um, um, it has uh, an ability to not only see crowns, you can also also see stems. That means if, if you come from... from um, okay, I, I will visualize it so we, we, we can use this. So if you come from side? on the right side, um, you, you see. yeah, you only see the crown, and moving towards the left side, you see more of the tree. So the interesting thing here is that moving from the left side uh, means that if you have the ability to see stems, you can also see that the other tree can't see its stem, but you can see it. So you see, and now just for easier language, we'll put in the what, how, why, and roots, so we have those again. Hmm. So those are the levels, and now I'm going to draw uh, a third tree, if that's okay. I go for it. Okay, <laughs> you're looking at. I, I can't stop you. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I was just thinking, which color you you now using? <laughs> so this tree has even more color. Even more pedagogy. And and what it represents is basically that it. Um, not only can see the what level and the how level, but also 
the Y level. Yeah, the beginning of the roots. And again, if we move from from uh, uh, right hand side, I can I can show you what it means. So if you're moving from the right hand side, you will only see the what level. And if you're seeing from the second tree perspective, you will see your own how level, but you will also see the how level in other organizations and, and people. Uh, and on the third perspective, if you're looking from the Y level, you will see uh, you will see the Y level in other organizations, but you also or people, but you also see that the other trees basically they are not seeing this level. Mm. And I don't know how many uh, trees there are in this little wood, but I I, I I have found four of them. So um, let's paint that one too. So the fourth tree has a what level, a how level, a why level and a roots level. And all of a sudden here is uh, an interesting phenomenon then. Because what we have now on this board is for different worldviews, actually. And there's also more things to come <laughs> than just four. But we can, we can denominate them for a while. Uh, first, uh, the tree, the first tree we, we uh, draw, we can call it the physical me. the physical me because it can only see the most physical part it can basically only see the crown and the fruits the second level the including the what and the how level um, we can call the formal we um, it uh, understands um, how it is connected, how the, the different apples are connected. The third level, uh, which includes the what, how and why, is the creative together. Um, why is that? Because it basically allows us to, to work together f by identifying what's our common purpose. And the last three is including all the four levels and it's the conscious united tree yeah so there are four worldviews in one uh, one picture the physical me the formal we the creative together and the conscious united so they have different abilities the formal and uh, the physical me uh, can only see crowns the what level the formal we can see both crowns and and stems uh, the what's and the house, but then something is happening because this is on the yeah what can we say the measurable side of, of the tree, so there is something happening here 
we can we can draw a very thin line just to have a line, not as drawing a line, but just to have remember something. Because up to that point, what we see is what there is. And then we move into something that is more than that. First uh, is creative together, uh, the ability for that tree to see both the what's, the house, and also the why's. And then the conscious united, which can see what, house, why, and root. And again, we don't know how many trees there are in this wood, but right now we can see at least four of them. And what is then coming up from below? What is feeding this, this uh, worldviews? And where is the world we know uh, of today? And, and I, I would say we can, we can stick with the Western world for a while and see where that is. I don't know if that's even visible. I, I will use a little bit more color. For the listeners out there, it's between the formal we uh, and, and the physical me. And what is actually feeding up from below is the machine metaphor. So the machine can only see what is above, uh, what is measurable. It can, gives, uh, it can be given instructions. It doesn't have any life, but the interesting thing is that it has life, but it can't see it. In some way, it's a little bit odd. So there is more, more than what you see, but you can't get a hold of it. You can't reach it. You can't, you can't use it. Or It's a very limited causality, actually. Uh, you have uh, in this part only causality in the what's and, and in some reasons of the house. So it's a very limited causality. Everything that is outside that causality description means that you're actually, yeah, we can call it uh, chance, random, magic. Could you, could you say you know that the machine runs, but you're not really sure how, why it runs? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, it could be a, a good way I to mean, describe. I mean, you can, it. can yeah. fix some parts of it. You know, like uh, if if you're in in your direct surrounding, if there is something happening, mm. you know which yeah. parts to look at. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and in this worldview, uh, uh, your life is supposed to to be lived again from outside in. Even if we don't use that in in the non-liner world, this seems to be uh, to be liner. Because when you look at it, you can't see beneath the surface. So it seems that it's liner. So the liner model we had before fits totally into this worldview. And you're supposed to live the life from outside in. So this is how the life should be lived. And, and when you mention corona here, of course, this is actually what is happening. We have an outer threat, and the only response we can give to it is fear. Yeah. Yeah, that's the explanation. Yeah, <laughs> short, but okay. Uh, okay, so what is then happening? If, if we would put a, a world 
between the next two worldviews then? What would happen then? Well, the first thing I would say that happens is that you get another causality, another theory of causality. And one can think of what is, what is, uh, what is feeding from below here. What is the root metaphor for, for such, a, such a system? And I would say the best one we have is already <laughs> on the board. So let's let's put up the tree. So it's the living mechanism, uh, so the living organism. <laughs> now I try to mix them both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the living organism. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely alive. Um, is it conscious? Is a tree conscious? I would say when I try this out for the last half year the, to put the tree and, and I was a little bit worried about that. Is this really a good metaphor? Yeah, I believe it is because already when I mentioned it, people say, yeah, but now we know that those uh, trees there in the woods, they're connected to each other because they talk to each other. We don't know how, but they do. It's uh, science that says <laughs> they, that they do it. And uh, when a scientist says it, it's, it must be true, right? So uh, actually, I, I believe that we can we can count for consciousness in, in this um, model. And, and of course, if there is a fifth or a sixth tree, we can change the, the metaphor. Maybe it's not a tree at all. It's something else. We don't know. Mm. So, so what is uh, you, you? You already hinted at it. What is the difference between those trees? Why do some see only the crowns and then some see the roots? Yeah, as we in in this uh, on this board, we have written machine metaphor and tree metaphor. So, the machine metaphor has been the dominant uh, uh, metaphor for uh, societies, organizations, and and people. The last, yeah, the last 150 years. Uh, so when we had separated the world um, into an inner and outer one, uh, the outer world was dominated by the machines. And the industrialization, it was uh, extremely efficient. Um, it brought uh, uh, wealth to, to, to a lot of people, and uh, specifically it brought wealth to those who owned the machines and the, and the industries. And, and of course... you. If you, if you would choose between uh, believing in an, an outer world or an inner world, uh, it's easy to understand that uh, a lot of people could easily see themselves in an outer world. It was easy to, to relate to. You could measure it you can, by height or length or depth or weight or whatever it was. Hmm. But I think what I, what I was looking for is like, why is there a difference? Why why does uh, does one tree differ from the other tree in 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 perceiving a different or uh, different aspects of the tree? You probably have an answer you're looking for, so maybe you should just say what you're thinking of. Um, what I'm thinking of of is that there is even though it's not linear, but that yet, yet you can see there's an 
evolution from the right side to the left side. And uh, this is something we touched upon yesterday. You can say it is in some way time-wise perspective. It's a historic evolution of ideas. Um, mm. And it's also, a, from my perspective, a growth in, mm. in perception. Yeah, so, at some at some level, I, I totally agree, and and on another level, I, I totally disagree, <laughs> uh, because okay, so let's start. You were born. Okay, so where are you? On the left hand side. And then we have a machine metaphor, so we are taught a system. I mean, we even uh, we even educate in batches. So, what is your data production? <laughs> and 10 years later you're going out on the other side uh, so um, of course then you have been taught something uh, and there is there there are words for this uh, of course uh, people have been studying this for many many years and philosophers uh, of all uh, all age of all uh, um, um, in all centuries and, and all times have have been talking about this and and uh, yeah, what was I going to say now? I, I was going to say that... What, what, so you basically said that we are starting on the Consciousness United. Uh, definitely. In in that realm. The, the, and then the, we have been by this how our society is mm. set up, how the systems that we make use of every day have been set up in the direction of the machine metaphor. Yeah. And that is how we learn or get accustomed to habits to ways of working, to ways of being and living our lives that are more aligned with the machine mm. habit and ha machine yeah. perception. That's right, and and um, and and the word or the the term or concept I was looking for was the continuum concept. Uh, a scientist called uh, Liedloff. Uh, she uh, studied uh, indigenous people in the seventies. She came up with this uh, idea of. Um, of the continuum concept and the continuum concept says that uh, <clears throat> in in the first part of your life uh, you get the worldview more or less or the, the fundamental assumptions or the truths more or less by the breast milk and in in the second part of uh, of uh, of life you um, uh, you have experiences and attract experiences that is confirming that belief system or worldview or whatever you call it and then in the last part of your life you do everything to defend it mm. and that was very useful i guess for those uh, indigenous people which had um, those people had um, for instance, you couldn't cut down a tree without asking it, uh, is it okay, um, Mr. Tree or Mrs. Tree, to cut you down? Uh, and um, um, also having a time perspective of, of three to four generations at least. Or there are uh, Indian tribes that are described having seven generations as, uh, as a time span for, uh, for doing uh, yeah, bigger decisions or taking bigger decisions. And so on. So uh, the continuum concept by Lilov, uh, if you want to, to study it more. Mm. Shall we move on and see what's happening here? Please so listen. yeah, so again, uh, in in the in the worldview of the machine metaphor, the life is supposed to be lived outside in. But then what's happening is not that we have the 
opposite of it, as in the liner model, because then the physical pole was on one hand. It looks like a physical pole first, but then there wasn't a, there isn't a, a mental pole in opposition. So I think that do you have to explain that? Yeah. Okay. So I I can I can I can. Um, take back the, the the previous model for a while so we just look at it for a while so this where where we started out uh, today uh, with this liner model on the right hand side a physical pole and on the left hand side a mental pole. But we realize now that it's not just the tree lying down, it's also part of every part of the tree. So everywhere in the tree is the tree. That means if we have this in mind now for a while, we go back to the tree, uh, the little wood of four trees. So what you're actually saying is that every tree is dynamic and static yeah in all so parts. In, in all parts it contains mm. dynamic and static parts all the time but if you have such a worldview it looks physical and then you could and then you could be led to believe that the opposition of it is the mental pole this that is the roots so which stand which yeah, it yeah, seems yeah, like yeah. in opposition it seems as in opposition so uh, for instance if if um, a person in in in, in such a worldview as uh, the conscious united for instance talks about uh, core assumptions that you can choose what worldview you have that the beliefs that another person has is just something that is uh, uh, decided upon at some certain point uh, in then that person's life or in that system that the person lives and so on it seems like very odd, of course, and, and also experiences on that level. For instance, you, you talk about maybe insights on a deeper level, you can call it spiritual or uh, revelations or anything like that. That is, that is something that doesn't fit into the physical world. And then for the physical me, it doesn't exist. And it's more or less in opposition. So that also means that if we have systems as we have in the machine metaphor uh, worldview, we have uh, systems that are not telling the story of spirituality, for instance. It's not telling the story of dreams or the fantasy. And we started out saying there is no uh, fantasy. Um, 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 what do you call it? Um, as a subject in in um, in the in the schools or on the university level, you can't like it. Have, uh, take a course in in dreaming, not not on the university level. Maybe somewhere else. So so what is happening here is that uh, a lot of things change as we move from the right hand side to the left hand side. And first of all, something is happening. You remember the thin line. Something new is happening in there. It's not just that it's outside in, it's also a start of something. And moving into um, the other worldview, 
it goes in both directions. So it doesn't go only from uh, from bottom up. Instead from instead of uh, uh, instead of uh, outside in going inside out. It's not it's not like start with why and then don't do anything. <laughs> of course, you go out to the what's and then you go back to the why and then you go out to the what's and then you go back to the why and so on. Yeah, and then an example of that would be basically the agile way of working that we have nowadays. Uh, because you make have an idea, you, you come up with an uh, with a dream of an ideal state, and then you set out and do specific experiments. You run tests and, and you find out which ones are leading you in the desired direction. And those ones who lead you there, you will choose to continue. And those who don't lead you in this direction, you choose to stop. Mm. Yeah, I I would say that's a good explanation. And what is then happening here is that we have on the right hand side, uh, you're actually a victim of circumstances. Yeah, we gave the example of the coronavirus. Everything that is externally happening is determining my my mood. Is determining mm. that is something I can't change. If the weather is bad. Oh no! I better stay at home because it's going to be a bad day anyway. Mm, that's right. We can call it victim mode, and on the left hand side, then we can call it creator mode. And creator mode, because you can choose how do you want to respond to. Not only that, you can choose to respond to. Uh, something that is happening on the outside because that is something we try to get rid of actually but also how your internal state reflects yeah, all parts of you all parts of you mm. yeah so it's <laughs> this is where the terminology isn't fit for what we're experiencing so any we longer have to create new words. yeah we have to create new words and the good thing is that when when we have this uh, tree metaphor and we have this uh, little wood of four trees we can use the tree in itself to find those words and uh, so we probably will come up with new words uh, for experiences we can have when we are whole instead of separated. And what happened here is that you are actually a creator of possibilities. And this implies something which is not implied by, by this drawing. It's actually a, the fundamental assumption for the intentional decision model, and that is that there is always a choice. So it's a choice uh, to make either or. So you can choose which is the your preferred direction. And these choices over time become so automatic that, that they become basically habits. So we don't really think about them. It's not uh, conscious choices or intentional choices anymore because we do them so Yeah, that's right. So, so a higher level of a, a, a choice is... A is a habit of if you do it over and over again. And the interesting thing is that when you do, when you take a choice that that moves you in, in victim mode, um, it tends to take your resources. So, but I, but I suggest here, Jens, uh, as we are having so much new material here, that we will um, pause for a while. We can pause uh, 24 hours or something. <laughs> 
uh, and come back to to the next feeder um, feeder broadcast and and uh, maybe we can dig deeper into the ID model then, the intentional decision model, which stipulates that there is always a choice. So as it stipulates that it's a fundamental assumption for the whole whole model, um, it also implies that not only is, is material fundamental, but also consciousness. So we have a very interesting and exciting episode to look forward to. <laughs> right will there be more trees and more drawings yes of course <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you like what you have uh, uh, what we have uh, yeah presented here in this episode and if you like um, to uh, co-create and if you like to contribute we will be most glad to uh, to have your support um, and uh, if you want to support us uh, uh, please do so on on patreon best for the world and uh, we're going to fade out here soon and um, anything else you want to say Jens before before we leave ourselves and the audience in this uh, um, I mean if we were confused before now we're confused on a higher level <laughs> yeah times are changing I guess mm, times are changing and with that we say uh, thank you for tonight and uh, welcome back